five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher, and this is the Space Q Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Don't Let Go Canada Coalition. For 60 years, Canada has been a space leader. We help build the International Space Station and land astronauts on the moon. Back on Earth, we leverage our space capabilities every day to push boundaries in medicine, communications, and environmental monitoring. The clear vision and commitment of previous governments helped drive this forward, but now our country faces a decision point and we need to act. Please visit don'tletgocanada.ca and join the campaign to help us keep innovation, jobs, and our best and brightest in Canada. The universe needs more Canada. Don't let go, Canada. This week's podcast consists of three short interviews recorded at the Canadian Space Summit in Ottawa on November 28th and 29th. In the first segment, I spoke with Ryan Anderson, a co-founder of the Satellite Canada Innovation Network, known as SATCAN. It was just over a year ago that I last spoke with Ryan in episode 22 about the new SATCAN project. Since then, the organization tried unsuccessfully to be a part of the government's supercluster program. However, the concept is not dead, and the founders diligently worked towards their goals, and just prior to this week's summit, did announce that they had received some funding from the government. Ryan provides an update on what's happening at SATCAN. In the second segment, I spoke with Professor Gordon Nozinski of Western University Center for Planetary Science and Exploration about a new national educational and public outreach initiative called Space Matters. In the last segment, I asked Skywatch co-founder and CEO James Sleafertz his initial thoughts on the news that Amazon had just announced a new service called Ground Station that could disrupt the current Ground Station model. Surprising many, the ground station offering through Amazon Web Services has Lockheed Martin as a partner. Currently available in preview mode for selected clients, the service has two ground stations managed by Lockheed, with an additional 10 to be added. Initial customers include Maxar's Digital Globe, Spire, Black Sky, Capella Space, Open Cosmos, and Hawkeye 360. And I should note that Hawkeye 360 and Black Sky, and I believe also Spire, also had some small satellites just launched on the SmallSat Express mission earlier this week. Ironically, Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, stands to benefit in a way many have not thought of. Each year, according to Bezos, he sells some of his shares in Amazon to fund one of his other ventures, Blue Origin. It's been reported he sold over a billion dollars of shares at various times. Now, thanks to this new AWS ground station offering, and in a roundabout way, those customers using that service will in part, it seems, be helping Bezos fund the development of Blue Origin. Listen in. I'm sitting here with Ryan Anderson at the Canadian Space Summit, uh, one of the organizers, but I'm not here to talk about the actual organization of the event. We're here to talk about SATCAN. 
So can you give us a bit of an update as to what's going on with SATCAM? Sure, yeah, we've uh, continued to work. We've uh, made, uh, we, we drafted a budget submission and, and gave our input to that process. Uh, we've been continuing to engage with the, the industry and the sector uh, and trying to, to form what the right mix of, of services and, and administration is. Uh, the latest sort of interesting things that are happening, we've got uh, uh, an MOU with CSA in the works. Uh, we should be developing that and, and hopefully issuing and, and signing that soon. Uh, and uh, can't announce quite yet, but uh, hopefully some, some really interesting board members coming on board for, for our second year. Uh, and then finally, our first, uh, our first major funding from the National Research Council. So we'll get to that one in just a second, but going back to that uh, MOU with uh, the Canadian Space Agency, what would that in, in, entail in terms of helping each other? Well, going back to uh, a series of reports on a space-focused incubator and accelerator program, uh, the, the Doyle Tech report, right. quote-unquote, uh, proposed that Canada implement uh, an organization that would provide a, a, a service layer to the existing incubators and accelerators across Canada. Uh, <clears throat> Satellite Canada has already thought of themselves in that type of a role, uh, and uh, we've had conversations with, with folks at the, at the space agency who are responsible for following that program, uh, and the MOU would be to lay out the, the possibility that Can Satellite Canada would be the, the Doyle Tech recommended CSIN. Uh, okay, so that would be really, uh, really uh, great for us. Um, yes, yeah. I can imagine. <clears throat> yeah, that, that would be based in Ottawa. It would be based in Ottawa. Yeah. Would you be working with? Uh, <laughs> and remind me, the, there was an organization I know that was trying to do uh, 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 an incubator here in Ottawa, Innovate Ottawa or something. Well, Invest Ottawa is Invest uh, Ottawa. is an incubator accelerator yeah. here in Ottawa. But they were um, going to do a space thing. Yeah, they were. Uh, the Invest Ottawa was part of the very first early grassroots movement. That, that really is behind Satellite Canada. Uh, there was, uh, Bernadette Terry was uh, an right. employee at Invest Ottawa at the time. Uh, herself and, and a few uh, industry supporters had a, a few roundtable meetings and uh, threw some ideas at the wall and, and thought this is you know, definitely something Canada needs. Trying to work out you know, what the, the model looked like. Uh, and it was about that time that this, the CSA started their reports uh, which kind of led that group to kind of hit pause and wait and see what came out of the, the Canadian Space Agency reports. Uh, so that that movement kind of stopped there, waiting and for you guys this result. Sort of took over. <clears throat> we we sort of took over. We kind of the the supercluster was really the the incentive to right. to do something. Uh, we felt we couldn't let an opportunity like superclusters go by without a, a space based uh, or a space focused opportunity for. Right, yeah, for, for the supercluster. Yeah. So, um, all right, so um, that's going to be uh, exciting news if, if something does come of that. Um, would you be working with, uh, like you, you said, you'd be working with existing uh, incubators and accelerators, so that would mean that you would somehow partner with, you know, District, uh, I think it's called District 3 in Montreal, the Creative Destruction Lab in Toronto. Would you be working with them or...? Um, well, the specific incubators and accelerators that we would be working with are, would still be to be determined. To be determined. Um, <clears throat> but uh, certainly we'd love to work with 
you know, whoever's interested in, whoever's in interested. hosting space companies uh, and however that falls out. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, talk about your uh, new your announcement this week with uh, the National Research uh, Council. What can you say? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not a lot. It gets us uh, our first actual paid employees into Satellite Canada, so it's, uh, it's exciting Is that, that way. Is that you? Uh, myself, uh, John Clark, and, uh, and a young new grad, uh, Vanessa Lewis. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I worked with her at Telesat as a co-op student, and you know, when, when she said she was available, I was like, perfect, you're, you're, you're the right fit. So uh, the three of us all have uh, some history on LEO Constellations. Uh, from our from our time together at Telesat, uh, so the the program is called Contribution to Organization under the National Research Council's uh, Industrial Research Assistance Program NRC IRA. Uh, the the goal is mostly around Leo constellations. So there's a lot of complexity, a lot of challenges, a lot of questions that companies have about how they might fit into this emerging ecosystem. Uh, it's certainly a very interesting one because there's a lot of satellites being proposed, uh, which means a lot of orders, a lot of components to build, a lot of services to provide, uh, but not a lot of uh, understanding of where these SMEs can fit or what they might have to develop to be able to fit. Uh, so the, uh, the CTO will support SMEs who become members of Satellite Canada uh, by providing consulting hours from John, Vanessa, and myself to help them develop their their network within the Leo ecosystems, their technology and service development roadmaps within the Leo systems, and and look at some of the funding options. Um, now, uh, we've talked about this before, uh, and you piqued my curiosity last month at the Canadian uh, or the Montreal Space. Uh, Symposium, mm-hmm. and uh, you had during a talk or something said there were fourteen constellations in Canada, in uh, you know different phases, and I was like, it, that got my no attention. <laughs> and of course, we talked about yeah. it, and I subsequently did a little bit of research and, and wrote an article, and I didn't. Uh, <clears throat> I think my article said there were thirteen, yeah. but you know, stealth is stealth, and there's one, two, three, you know, whatever. Uh, but there were certainly ones that were identifiable, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, and I had actually did the math and came up with uh, at the time 384 satellites that these companies in Canada want to build. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I take it that uh, have you had any discussions with preliminary discussions with any of the, the stealth companies that that we talked about that would be interested in your services or? Uh, the so those would uh, we've started to build that database, which is part of the reason why I know that yeah. many of the constellations have been starting to count them. Um, they would be part of the ecosystem uh, knowledge base that we provide to the SMEs. So we we'd have a, a list of all these constellations, their timelines, what you know, what classes of satellites they're going to have, what sort of systems those satellites are expected to have. You know, whether they're Earth observation or communications focused, uh, and then be able to help the, the individual SMEs figure out which one of those or which batch of those might be the best opportunities for them to, to pursue. Um, help them with the network connections. Uh, help them understand, you know, Telesat, for example, is, a, is an operator. They're not going to build the satellites themselves. So it's Airbus and, uh, and a Talus Mac MDA Consortium yeah. that are the two potential primes. So, you know, for the SME trying to 
trying to supply into that constellation, they it's not really worth their while to go tell us that they should go to the the primes and and you know maybe in some cases it's a, it's a sub sub tier, but uh, helping the SMEs. So you're actually not you're not actually looking at working directly with the companies that are want to build the satellite constellation themselves, but the ones that want to, that would provide them part of the supply chain. I, I think that's where most of these these SMEs are going to fit. Right. Um, the uh, the the few uh, the few manufacturers in Canada that might qualify for such a service don't necessarily qualify for the SME designation. Um, and or aren't IRAP clients, uh, so that's got some play in there. Uh, but ultimately, it, it's a bit of a broad definition too, in that there are some some rocket uh, parts and components manufacturers that right. will also assist with because it, you know these, these constellations have to get up there and uh, and so, launch vehicles part of that. So when I wrote about this, you know, I identified. Uh, two particular uh, problem areas. One was the ability to build the satellites in Canada, mm-hmm. um, and two, the ability to launch satellites from Canada. Now, in terms of SMEs to actually fulfill the building portion of it, uh, to my knowledge, uh, you know, and there are very few credible companies in Canada that can do that at this point, mm-hmm. um, you know, MDA working with Magellan uh, could do it if they wanted to do it, but they're not really into building satellites in Canada per se anymore. I mean, they built, you know, uh, RCM, mm-hmm. integrated RCM and built components and Magellan was part of that as well. But other than that, they haven't really done much in the way of satellite building in Canada yeah. recently. Um, you have the Spaceflight Lab in Toronto, yeah. and of course they are very good at innovating and coming up with uh, new technologies that get tested and then uh, that go from there. Um, but and they're good for for building small satellites, and but only a few of them at a time. They're not designed to build, let's say, uh, you know, three, four a month. Yeah. Right. Um, so who who else out there would be potentially an integrator or end-to-end, or is, are you just thinking of companies that are providing components? Well, yeah, not just components, but it's it's more on the component and the, and the sub-tier supplier rather than the prime manufacturers that we're, right. we're expecting to get into this program. Uh, that and, and some applications um, okay. and some services, some of the networking, some of the data management and, and, okay. and movement. Uh, so those, those companies will all have the same or similar questions about constellations and how that might affect their business. So, you know, it's really providing a, an understanding of the ecosystems of, of the, the multiple constellations in Canada and outside of Canada. Right. Because um, certainly exports a, a course, big yeah. portion of the, the Canadian space industry, so it's not restricted to Canadian constellations per se, but, you know, we have one way up here at the summit and they would be one of the, the right. companies we'd want to be able to present these SMEs to. So. Okay. Uh, although they're pretty far along in their development uh, stage, and same thing. Although uh, Telesat hasn't uh, selected a prime yet, um, they have two companies, or one company, one consortium, that are putting together the bids, and I'm sure that that's going to be. Uh, I don't know how many opportunities will be there, but there might be some opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned rockets and. Um, 
and rocket and launch are actually two different, or launch facilities are two different things. Uh, but in terms of rocket development, I mean, there are some uh, companies trying to do something now. So you're, look, you're thinking about talking to them or working with them or having... Yeah, one of the questions in, our, in the process of defining the project was, would we consider a, a company that supplied uh, components for rockets? And I said, well, that, I think it fits into a broad definition of Leo Constellation. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, that, that roadmap would look like, here's the operator, here's the expected launch provider for their satellites, and here's how we think we can connect you to that launch provider uh, and, and how you might be able to fit into their value chain. So um, this uh, NRC funding that you've received, this is for one year or? No, unfortunately, it's only until the end of this fiscal year. Ah, so the end um, of this fiscal year. Yeah. So the, it's the last. It's the last of its type uh, for NRC to. So that pro- is that, yeah. that, from what I understand, that program is now moving out of. Yeah, it's NRC. out of NRC and into the the. The regional development agencies, so the Fed Dev and Fed. So is that where you're going to you're going to follow up on this afterwards? Yeah, we will. The we'll follow up year? with the with the regional uh, the RDAs and and hopefully be able to do follow on programs. Uh, hopefully, there's also an opportunity to do uh, a, a similar CTO, uh, which is a bit deeper dive on individual companies. Um, so part of the project uh, definition is identifying potential. Uh, potential customers and clients for enhanced right. and extended services in the, in the future. So. so that gives you a short time win, window to actually get something done before the funding runs out, yep. which is March 31st uh, yep. of next year. Um, and of course, it also puts you uh, pressure to get something set up with the RDA, f- regional RDA for uh, the next fiscal year. You're already working on that, um, maybe? Or? Yeah, we've, we've had a conversation with, with one of them that was encouraging and it was yeah well <laughs> we, we need to talk in the next couple of weeks and and get things going so we'll and the NRC's <laughs> referred you I would assume uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah anything else that we should be aware of um, no I think that's yeah, yeah. yeah. all right so that's great All right, so I'm at the Canadian Space Summit. Uh, I'm sitting here with uh, Gordon Ozinski uh, from the University of, uh, well, actually, Western University. I keep getting it. I, University I, of Western Ontario, I Western still University. Use University of Western Ontario. <laughs> There's too many Westerns in the U.S. So we're, uh, you're launching something new today. Absolutely. It's called uh, Space Matters. Um, what is it? Yeah, so we're really excited to be launching Space Matters at the Canadian Space Summit here in Ottawa. And really, space, the goal of Space Matters is to infuse, to educate, and to inspire Canadians about space. You know, uh, we've heard uh, from recent polls and things that while Canadians are interested in space, um, they really don't have a good awareness of what Canada in particular does in space. And so, you know, goal one of Space Matters is really to, uh, again, educate and inform Canadians about what we've done in the past and what we're currently doing and what we're going to do in the future. And so this is an educational and public outreach effort. Correct. And um, so 
Uh, what are you doing as part of this initiative? Yeah, so it's fairly wide-ranging, uh, wide in scope. You know, the first really thing is awareness. Um, so we have, you know, for example, a historical timeline of, you know, what Canada has done in space back to the launch of Alouette 1, and then, you know, moving throughout uh, the last 50 or 60 years. And, of course, we'll hopefully be updating that, you know, particularly right around now where there's lots going on in the Canadian space program. So there's, uh, you know, a goal of awareness. Uh, on the education front, um, a lot of this will be focused at working with teachers, uh, but also educators, you know, so making it broader than just schools. And one of the goals is to connect, you know, science museums, schools, after school programs, you know, uh, Boy Scouts, okay. you know, all of the different range of uh, groups and societies that are out there. Is there like an educational curriculum or? Just more general. So again, we're really trying to cater to both, you know. So both. for the teachers, yeah, absolutely. There's resources that we're either compiling and making available uh, for free, or generating new resources, and those, you know, are linked to particular aspects of the curriculum, so that you know teachers can check that box. But you know, that's for, science museums don't have that mandate and don't have that need to, you know, check a box in the curriculum, so we can have a bit more flexibility on what we do. So we're really trying to cater to lots of different programs. Um, and then, you know, intrinsic in that is also a big networking piece. Um, you know, we have, there's lots of different groups in Canada, you know, industry, academia, not-for-profits, you know, the list goes on. And hopefully through Space Matters, we're going to connect all of these groups, bring them together and have, you know, actually as a collective, drive Space Matters forward in the, in the years to come. Now, uh, who are some of the initial partners? Yeah, so, you know, for launch, uh, we're really excited to have um, you know, the Canadian Association of Science Centres is a big national network. Uh, Ingenium uh, is some of the, the science museums here in Ottawa, and of course, uh, the Canadian Aviation and Space Museum. Uh, Partners in Research Canada, um, uh, who are based in London, Ontario, but are a national presence in the national network. And actually through them, we're going to make use of their uh, VROC program, which is Virtual Researchers on Coal. And so uh, we're building a list of space experts who, you know, if you're in a town or anywhere in country uh, that doesn't, you know, have the local university or the local company there, uh, you'll be able to, you know, request uh, somebody, you know, if you want us to talk on the Mars InSight mission or you need an astronomer in or you need an engineer to talk about robotics, you'll be able to put in a request as a teacher or a science museum. And so, you know, just getting that message out, um, bridging the geographic divide that we have in Canada and, again, hopefully networking. Um, so there'll be, there's a, you know, a Google map, a map interface where you can put in your postal code and, you know, up will pop whatever is in your local community, um, you know, soon to be populated with events too. So, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I didn't know there was this company down the road that does this in space or there's a, a Royal Astronomical Society of Canada chapter. And so the RASC are actually also uh, one of the kind of founding okay. uh, collective members, as it were, too. And so, you know, typically... You know, RASC are not connected with the space industry or with, you know, some of the museums. And so we're trying to bring together, you know, a really diverse group of uh, groups together to, to work on this. And RASC is the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada. Absolutely. Um, and um, so you've made these initial uh, partnerships. You'll obviously be trying to bring in more partners as you go along. Um 
the website is spacematters.ca. Correct. And you also have a Twitter account, at Space Matters. Yep, so um, at Space Matters CA, actually, is okay. uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So you can find us there. And, I, you know, social media presence is going to be a big part of this, spreading the word uh, virtually online. Um, and then uh, the other big thing we haven't really haven't talked about yet is uh, uh, blog articles that we're going to make, you know, regular Fairly short uh, blog articles in uh, three main categories to start with. All right. You know, one, not surprisingly, is why space matters. So you'll get people's views on, you know, why space matters or should matter to Canadians. Yeah. Um, a Canada in space category. So, you know, what's going on, uh, both kind of from the historic perspective, but, you know, especially over the next few months, you know, we'll have a blog fairly soon on the InSight mission, you know, Cyrus Rex, David St. Jacques mission, you know, just informing Canadians about what's going on. And then we've called it Faces of Space. So, you know, it's, uh, yes, there'll be, you know, an entry from an astronaut, but it's, you know, those of us working in the community, uh, a teacher, you know, in the classroom. So it's, that's kind of partly, you know, a career path thing too, just demonstrating, you know, where you can go with uh, your interest in space too. Now, this is a Western-led effort? So initially, um, Center for Planetary Science and Exploration at Western got the initial NSERC Promo Science Grant. So that uh, initiated that uh, just this year in 2018. Um, we have a growing list of sponsors, um, so companies that are coming in to sponsor Space Matters. And, you know, we're actually waiting on uh, to hear funding for 2019 onwards. Um, to kind of really take this uh, to the next level. And again, uh, the goal moving forward is that there's going to be this kind of core group of organizations, this collective that will be driving space matters. So this isn't Westerns, this isn't the Canadian Association of Science Centers, this you know, is a collective uh, national effort. Now, it sounds like quite uh, an effort, uh, and you did get some funding for it. How many people are working on this? So we've had a core group of about a half a dozen people, you know, behind the scenes getting uh, the website ready, working, you know, quite a few people full time for the last few months. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's been a lot of work and effort. Uh, I'm really happy to be where we are today. Um, but, you know, we're already thinking about, you know, phase two. Um, there's a lot of things that um, we want to do, you know, to build on this, uh, uh, this current launch of the website. Uh, you know, a big thing for 2019 that we've been talking about uh, even beyond the last year of Space Matters is resurrecting a Canadian, uh, an institute for teachers every summer. You know, so the Canadian Space Agency used to have their Space Educators Institute, which uh, I don't recall the last time, and it's several years now. Um, that the last one of those ran because the of the cut. definitely been a long time. Yeah, and so you know our goal is probably a bit of a pilot project in 2019, um, but we will be opening up to uh, teachers from across the country um, to again give them you know the resources and the skills and enthusiasm necessary. Now, is the Canadian Space Agency involved in this effort at all? So the CSA, you know, to their credit, have been, uh, they provided us a lot of materials right now and, you know, a lot of expertise. Um, and, you know, hopefully moving forward, they'll be able to, you know, uh, partner in uh, more concrete ways. The website, uh, it launched today? Like, is it live now or? <coughs> it's about the time. This is, yeah, so the website, www.spacematters.ca, uh, goes live today. Uh, okay. It's on November 28th. November 20th, okay. Yeah, yeah so this will... It'll have been live uh, almost yeah. a week by the time you hear this recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and hopefully a lot of people will be using it already. 
Um, how are you promoting this? Uh, so, you know, um, we're getting a lot of support uh, Western. You know, we're using those, uh, the group of organizations that are already, you know, part of the collective are going to be publicizing this throughout their networks. You know, a lot of these groups are networks amongst themselves. And so, you know, putting the word out there. And um, we actually already did a bit of a prelude. Uh, this isn't actually the first time we've talked about Space Matters publicly. We actually did that. Uh, about two or three weeks ago at the Science Teachers Association of Ontario conference. And so, you know, a big goal of ours is to go to these big uh, provincial uh, teachers' conferences throughout the next year to, you know, let, let the teachers and the educators know that we exist, uh, you know, we're here as a resource and uh, yeah, put the word out there. Now, you were on CTV this morning. Yes. Was yeah. that CTV uh, Newsnet or was it local Ottawa? That was the Ottawa Morning Live Show. Uh, Ottawa Morning Ottawa. Live Show. Yep. Okay. Yep. But, it, but there is a video of that, and so we can, and it talks about this among other things, right? Yes, it sure does. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so, you know, we're very much, we're launching what I would consider, you know, the, the phase one of Space Matters. We uh, welcome input, new partners. Uh, if you want to be involved, you know, reach out to us uh, through so social media or email and of course if you know you're willing to sponsor us uh, let us know too because we really want to grow this into a truly national initiative today during your presentation at the canadian space summit uh, on your company skywatch and how things are progressing for you. One of the things you mentioned is the Amazon's new service, the satellite ground station service. Mm -hmm. um, is that a game changer? Yeah, I think so. So, interestingly enough, over the last six months, we've been working with a few ground station providers to figure out a good location that we could set up that would be near an AWS data center. And it's something... For your own ground station? Well, for for our so for our customers to have better access and to lower the latency between their centers and our platform so not our own great ground site right 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 so um this from a business perspective if you're aws makes complete sense because the majority of these applications that are going to utilize the data are in their cloud right and so if you can minimize the bandwidth between the sensor and those end user applications you can minimize the cost Right, and so what what matters here is the the software, and they're just looking at the ground segment itself or the antenna as just a commoditized product they, that they add to the software. I I I think that um, ground station providers have a lot to be worried about. Um, for us, we're still trying to digest what it what it means for the industry in whole. What we like is if if, if operators do. If they do, um, if they do adopt it on large scale, for us it makes it a lot easier for us to, um, as an aggregator, to access both on a, like to communicate with them on both a, uh, an upstream and a downstream basis. So take all the API calls that need to be fulfilled and easily send them up to their schedulers, and then take all the data as it comes down and easily integrate it back out to our platform. So, you know, like one of the biggest pain points in our business is trying to figure out how to integrate with each data provider. Right. So if they start to adopt a solution, um, it makes the whole ecosystem a lot more efficient, which helps bring down costs, which helps expand your market. But 
this is a case where you have a really large company that's a bit of a bully and you've seen it in other industries when when amazon enters your industry your stock prices go down yeah i was gonna i wasn't gonna really get into that but yes amazon has been known to disrupt industries and it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, how uh, ground station providers uh, react to this and we have many friends in the ground station segment and I haven't talked to them yet to, to know how they feel yeah. and, and to know what their reactions are. They're probably all trying to figure that out right now. And Everybody's probably scrambling going, what does this mean? Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the Space Cube podcast. If you like this show, please support us on Patreon. The address is patreon.com slash We really appreciate feedback, and to help us, we ask you consider to write a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music if you're so inclined. If you have any comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spacequeue.ca, or you can post them on our website at spacequeue.ca, where you'll find an archive of each episode. If you send me a comment by email, I'll write back to you as soon as I can. On Twitter, you can follow us at Canada in Space. And if you use Facebook, you can find all our articles and links to the podcast on our page, The Space Queue. If you like the show, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app.